Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. I'm excited to preach this word this morning. And uh, this, this uh, message uh, literally dropped into my spirit about two weeks ago. And two weeks today, my beautiful grandmother of 91 years old passed away. She's now dancing on the streets of gold with her saviour. So that is to be celebrated because I know where she is. She lived an amazing life. And uh, this message uh, basically came, uh, has, has been inspired and, and is honoured to my grandmother today. So I'm so excited to preach the word and it's called Legacy. So let me read this scripture to you. Psalm 78 verse 2 to 7 in the Message Bible. Listen, dear friends, to God's truth. Bend your ears to what I tell you. I'm chewing on the morsel of a proverb. I'll let, I'll let you in on a sweet old truths, stories we heard from our fathers, counsel we learned at our mother's knee. We're not keeping this to ourselves. We're passing it along to the next generation. God framed and fame and fortune, the marvelous things he, he has done. He planted a witness in Jacob, set his word firmly in Israel, then commanded our parent, parents to teach it to their children. So the next generation will know and all the generations to come know the truth and tell the stories so their children can trust in God, never forget the works of God, but keep his commandments to the letter. I love that scripture. You know, I was thinking about legacy and, you know, you can Google what legacy means and there's so many different meanings of legacy and people think it's like leaving a legacy of you know, a, a money inheritance or, you know, homes and things like that. The greatest legacy that you can leave is your faith in God. And I want to share on that today. And the legacy you leave is the life that you lead. And the life of Christ in us and through us passed on to others. You know, I was thinking about this and I thought, it's really about making your life count. Making your life count. And, you know, I, I know I've heard this so many times, but we're not here to just exist and some of us are just going through the motions and it feels like that, doesn't it? It's just like the mundaneness of life. But we're here to make our life count, not just to exist, but make a difference and to leave a legacy from generation to ger generation of faith in God and why we were put on this planet. Come on. So as I said before, that this message is inspired by my beautiful grandma and she lived an amazing, beautiful life, a legacy of faith, hope and love. That's the life that she lived. And, and I know not without twists and turns, but let me tell you about my grandmother, Heather Jean Hannah. She was adopted at birth uh, as she was conceived out of wedlock. Now, back in those days, it was like hush, hush. That did not happen. So she was conceived out of wedlock. So some family got together and had a, had a family meeting and decided we don't want to adopt her out of the family. What can we do? So uh, there was a couple in her family that uh, could never have children and always wanted children. So they adopted my grandmother at birth. And when my grandmother was eight months old, her biological mum passed away from a, a terrible illness. And uh, uh, my, as my grandmother grew up, around the age of five, her adopted mum and her adopted um, father went their separate ways. So grandmother was raised uh, by just by her mother. She was a single mum raising my beautiful grandma. But there was never a complaint. They just got on with what they had to do. And through that hardship, 
my, my grandma's adopted mum walked into a church because they were like, we're empty, we need something. And that's where this legacy began. Then as my gr- grandmother uh, grew up, she, um, she had a beautiful life. She ended up getting married young and she had four amazing children. And then when uh, her kids uh, got to their teenage years, life got a bit tough and my grandfather walked out on my grandmother. So my grandmother was stuck to raise four teenagers on her own, one of those my mother. But not once did my grandmother ever speak badly of her husband who'd left her to her four children. My mum actually said that to me. I never heard her once complain. I never heard her once pull your father down where she had every right to. So now my grandmother was a solo mum raising four teenagers on her own. Her world turned upside down. But she held on to her faith. She never wavered and she kept bringing her kids to the house of God. When they got to a stage where they had to decide, you know, is that something you want to keep coming to church with me? That's your call. But my grandmother still faithfully went to the house of God. She kept loving God even though their world was rocked. Uh, If you knew my grandma, she had a strength to overcome things that was absolutely incredible. The greatest thing she lived out was her love and her faith in Christ right up until her last breath. And her constant love for her family and her continual prayers for her family. And as her kids grew up, they got married, they started their family and they went through obstacles and, and, and stuff and situations. But my grandma was a constant woman of faith and prayer towards her kids and their challenges as they got married and started having kids themselves. And, you know, if I think about my grandma, she was colourful, she was constant, and she was always helping and serving others. That was who she was. She was the most selfless person you'd ever meet. She was always giving and encouraging it was, it was quite amazing when we had her memorial service a couple of weeks ago and some beautiful things were said. And I just, I just thought about some of those things and it went back just to reflect on my grandma's life. And I was, I was just thinking of moments I had with my grandma because she was like a second mum. She used to come on trips with us. She used to look after um, me and my brothers when my parents went away. She was just there. She was always smiling. Nothing was ever too hard. And one thing that really stood out Um, in remembering the life that my grandma lived, and I said this before, you never heard her whinge or complain or criticise or say a negative thing about a human being. And my mum would stand and say the same thing. That was something. She had a heart. She just loved life. She loved people, and she wanted to serve and help people. Even though she had so much she, could, she has so much to complain about. She could have got bitter and cold with everything she walked through in her life. Her, father, her adoptive father walked out on her. Her own husband walked out on her. She went through a pretty rough first part of her life. She had so much to be, be you know, like bitter and cold about, but she never did. She kept her trust and her faith in God, and that is what got her through. And um, I was thinking about, Uh, this song. Some of you might know this song, Bethel, It Is Well. Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. Through it all, through it all, it is well. This is exactly how my grandmother lived. Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. And I want to ask you that question today. Through it all and through it all, 
are your eyes on him? Because as you know, when we go through stuff, sometimes our eyes drop. Then we focus on what's not happening. But I want to encourage you today, through it all, through it all, keep your eyes on him. Through it all, through it all, it is well. You know, she was always smiling. She was always happy. She had this unbelievable zest for life. She was fun. She was full of life. She was hilarious. I could stand here and, and, and tell you story after story about the crazy things my grandmother did. She was a funny lady, um, but amazing memories that we can just focus on. She truly made her life count. She truly did. She did something with her life, and she blessed and touched so many people and I'm so privileged I got to witness and be inspired by that. Her greatest joy was her family. Her greatest joy, I have, I have a big family. Obviously, she had four kids, so then picture that. They all get married and have grandchildren. So there's 14 grandchildren. There's 30 great-grandchildren. She loved her family. She did anything for her family. And her heart was just to see, till the day she died, to see her family know him. And I know that in the last weeks and months, she was holding on. She was holding on because she hadn't seen 100% in her lifetime every single one of her family come to God. And my mum had conversation after conversation with her and said, Grandma, Mum, it's okay. You can go. We've got this. We're going to keep praying for the family. We've got this. And I had the privilege on, I think it was probably about five days before she passed away. She couldn't talk. She wasn't. Um, you couldn't have a conversation with her, but she could hear you. And I rang mum and I said, can you put the phone to grandma's ear? I'd love to speak to her. And I'm so glad I did. And I said these words to my grandmother. I said, grandma, thank you. Thank you for leaving an amazing legacy. We love you. We will always remember you. And I said, you can go. It's okay. We're going to be fine. And we're going to stand in the gap for the rest of the family that doesn't know him yet. Because she just wanted to see her children and her grandchildren one day be in heaven with her. And this is the most beautiful thing she wrote. And I want to read this out to you. She wrote a letter to her family months before she passed away. And this was read out at her memorial service. My Jesus, I love you. I know you love me. You buried my sins and now I am free. I'm now with my Savior in heaven above. How wonderful to know that I am wrapped in his love. My family, I love you. You are very precious to me. I hope you will join me in heaven above and I pray that you will come to know him as your father above. God bless you all. I love you. Oh my goodness, when I read that, the tears just flowed. That was her heart. That was the legacy that she wanted to leave behind. And the first thing I want to talk about this morning, in Proverbs 22.6, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go and he and he... And when he is old, he will not depart from it. You know what? The, one of the greatest things that you can do as parents is bring your kids into the house of God. Bring your kids. Sometimes you might feel like you're dragging your kids to the house of God. But I tell you what, being in this atmosphere, this, this atmosphere gets on your kids. This atmosphere in this place gets on us. Seeds that are sown that one day they will remember. I remember I remember, you know, growing up at times, more in my teenage years, I felt like I was dragged to church, but no, I wasn't really dragged to church. It was just something that my parents did. And just being in the, that, that, that atmosphere, I didn't realize what was getting on my life, the seeds that were sown. 
But later on, I look back and I'm so thankful because God was doing so much more behind my back than I actually really understood. You know, being in the at- this atmosphere, things get on you. And that's what my grandmother did with her kids. She brought them to the house of God as long as they were willing. You know, my, my parents uh, constantly brought us into the house of God and we're carrying on that same thing and doing the same thing with our children. You know, being in this atmosphere, an atmosphere of faith, an atmosphere of hope, an atmosphere of love that you will not get anywhere else than being in the house of God. It is life-changing and it is life-giving. Who would agree with me this morning? It is life-changing and it is life-giving and there is nothing else that, uh, that can give you that than being in this atmosphere of faith. You know that saying, more is caught than taught? You know, being in an atmosphere of faith and positivity, it can't not rub off on you. You know what I'm talking about? It can't not rub off on you. And I was thinking about in your home, what's the atmosphere that you're creating in your home that's rubbing off on your kids? No, seriously, it's a great thing to think about. What's the atmosphere in my home? And, and my kids are watching. What's the environment? that you're creating in your homes, in your private world. You know, growing up, my mum used to always put on worship music in the home and in in the car. I only really more remember this in my teenage years. And even though I didn't really like it, it was like, can you put on something else, mum? No, 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 this is what I want to listen to. Okay, that's all good. But I tell you what, it actually impacted my life. The atmosphere of worship. Worship shifts atmospheres. It can't not get on you. It's like you're in the car and you have the radio on. My kids will go, mum, can you just switch that off and put on some of that awesome worship music? They actually choose worship over the radio. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with the radio and the music out there, but it shifts an atmosphere. You know, when you're driving along to school and your kids are fighting and you're feeling a bit stressed, put on a bit of worship, it shifts the atmosphere in your home. It lifts your faith. It brings you hope. It's like, you know what, I can get through this. The radio versus good worship music. You know, I was thinking about growing up, yep, the worship music, with all due respect, it was okay, but it's, it rocks so much more now. Come on, it's so much more now than in the 90s. Oh, I was thinking about some of those songs and like, yep. But then we're going to say that another 10 years' time. We're going to go, oh, it rocks more now than it did 10 years ago. But it's pretty good, isn't it? Worship shifts atmospheres. You know, I think about very, some very significant moments of being, being uh, not <laughs> dragged to church, but saying, come on, this is where we're going this Sunday. This is where we're going to be. I remember two very significant moments in my life and in my teenage years and then in my, my early 20s. And being taken into the house of God, it's like that's something we do. As I said before, what gets on you is like seed sown that you look back and think, wow, they were formative years in my life. God started doing something in my life in those years, even though I didn't really want it, even though I wasn't really into it. But years later, as I came back to God, I looked back and there were seeds that were sown into my life from being in the house of God, from my parents just making a decision that is where we're going to be week in and week out. That is the place we're going to go. That is where we want to bring our kids up because it's an atmosphere that I want to get on my children and that they can follow their relationship with God and they can impart that to their kids and their children's children. Amen. You know, there's no greater fruit that comes from bringing your kids into the house of God 
and what is passed down from generation to generation. I think of the fruit in my life from that. And don't underestimate the significance and the power of making church a priority week in and week out. You know, so many people, you know, it's a religious duty. It's like I'm ticking a box. But coming into the house of God week in and week out, this is where transformation happens, church. This is where the true transformation happens. It doesn't happen out there. It doesn't happen when you walk into a shop or you walk into a nightclub or you walk into a pub. Transformation happens in the house of God amongst the people, to people of God in an atmosphere of faith, in an atmosphere of hope and an atmosphere of love. An atmosphere and a tra- the atmospheres and transformations that are happening in my own life have happened in the house of God, have literally happened on the altar of God. I could give you story after story that I've gone and said, God, and I've walked up to that altar and transformation has happened and you cannot get that anywhere else. The power of being in the house of God and bringing your family to the house of God. If you agree, why don't you give God a hand? Come on, come on. You know what, even though your kids might walk away, but I'm going to prophesy, some of you, your kids have walked away from the house of God. They will return, just like I did. That is a word for some of you today. You prophesy. You hold on to that word that God's given you. You brought your kids up in the house of God, but made a decision just to travel a different journey for a while. But you prophesy, and you call, and you speak those scriptures. They will come back to what the seeds that you sowed into their life from a young age, what was planted in them at a young age, bringing them to the house of God, they will return. Amen. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua 24, 15. You know, my uncle Ross, which he's the eldest of my mother's four siblings, and uh, he, he had a, an amazing relationship with God. He used to be faithful in the house of God. He, was, he, he served. He he, he brought his kids up in the house of God, but something happened. He got offended. He got bitter. Something happened in the church, and he walked out of church probably about 20, 15, 20 years ago. But God never gives up. And through my grandma's passing, God's doing something in his life. And he's been on the phone numerous times to my mum, and he keeps saying, that Christian... Oh my gosh, he's amazing. So Christian got the privilege of doing my grandma's funeral and burial, which was pretty hard, but it was so beautiful. He did an amazing job. And he keeps ringing my mum and saying, he did such an amazing job. He's such a good man. And something's stirring in him. God's getting his attention again. Where he walked out of the house of God and he was bitter and he was cold and he obviously put, you know, like, people in church and pastors in a box and was just like, nah. But he's seen something new and something fresh and God's getting his attention again, you know, through my grandmother's passing because the seeds that were sown at a young age being taken into the house of God, he will return. That was my grandmother's prayer. And you just don't know what is happening behind your, your, you know, children's back or your family. Do not give up. They will return to the house of God. You know, we are called to live a life that is an example to others because your kids are watching, mum and dad. Your family's watching. Your friends are watching. You are an influencer more than you realize. Let me read you this. Jesus shows us how 
to have a true legacy, a legacy of glory, his glory, not ours. By his grace, we become humble, dependent, proven, focused, obedient and faithful men and women who focus on lives, on making the Father known to those he gives to us. He, we will leave a legacy of glory, not our glory, but his, the glory he wants to give to the Father through us. You know, a legacy is not a resume or a list of accomplishments through our life. Hear this. A legacy is the imprint you leave on your future. A result, we all have a legacy. And we will leave our legacy either by default or design. God created every single one of us. Every single one of us. The creator of the heavens and the earth. He put you on this planet to create. Not just to exist, but to create. To create for him to create an amazing life, to leave a legacy of faith, hope, and love. And I wrote this out. This is a revelation I got. Our Father in heaven, the Creator said, go and create. Go and live and leave a legacy that brings glory to me and impacts one generation to another. That is a word for some of you today. Come on. Jesus left an imprint. He left an unbelievable imprint. He left an imprint wherever he went. Wherever he went, he touched lives. That's why he was Jesus. And we can look to him. He left the best legacy, the greatest legacy, a legacy for us to follow. And let me read this in Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9. It says, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart all your soul and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commandments that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when, when you are at home and when you are on the road and when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them on your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on your doorposts of your house and on your gates. And when you look at that scripture, there's, three point, there's a three-point purpose in these words. The first one, in verse 4 to 5, it says uh, it's about faithfulness and loyalty to God. The second one, in verse 6 to 7, is the tran- transmission of faith and love to your children. And in verse 8 to 9, the third thing is constant mindfulness of the teachings and the presence of God. And these three points are literally the roadmap to passing on our faith. Your family commits to living a life of loyalty to to God. You love him with everything you have and with all your strength. As you live out your love, sorry, as you live out your faith to the best of your ability, you impress faith upon the hearts of your children. Finally, you bring the presence of God into the lives of your kids by allowing the presence of God to be the... um, the, init, uh, the intentional part of your everyday lives. We are to be proactive and intentional with our faith. You know, I believe that that is an encouraging word, not just for us with kids, but for who God has put in our lives, that we live that out. You know, some of you don't have kids here today. Some of you will never have children, but you can be spiritual parents to people that, that, that God brings into your world. You can pass on that legacy you can pass on that faith 
And in Proverbs 20, verse 7, it says in the Message Bible, I love this, God loyal people living honest lives make it much easier for their children. You know, Billy Graham once said, the greatest legacy one can pass on to one's children and grandchildren is a legacy of character and faith. You know, be the example of character traits you would like to develop in your children. That is a really good thing to think about. Am I actually being a good example to my kids? Character traits that you want to see in your kids, model those. Like I said before, more is caught than taught. Your kids are watching. Your family is watching. Your friends are watching. You are an influencer. It is true. If you want your children to be truthful, we need to be truthful ourselves. If we want our children to serve others, let them see you serving. If you want them to be authentic, have an authentic relationship with Jesus, what you know is true in your heart to have, show them what this looks like in your own life. You have the tremendous influence simply by the way you live your life in front of them. You know, if you're going to cuss and if you're going to swear, what are your kids going to follow? If you're going to gossip, if you're going to whinge, if you're going to complain, if you're going to be negative, what are your kids going to follow? It's a good thing to think about, isn't it? Leaving a godly legacy is our purpose as parents. It's a mandate in Scripture. The most important job is to teach our kids about him and making it a priority. Not in a religious way, but in a life-giving way. Come on, not in a religious way, in a life-giving way. The conversations that I have with my kids, I go, oh, how can I put that in a life-giving way, not just in a way that just going to go, oh, well, that's just what you believe, mum, or that's just what you were taught, but life-giving, life-changing. And the last thing in Romans 12, 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world. I love this scripture. You know, some of you are first-generation Christians, some of you are second, third, fourth, fifth generation Christians. But you know, as we have our kids and we're raising our kids, sometimes we do things out of default because it's the way we were raised and we're not actually realizing we're doing it or we've seen it modeled to us and we just seem to, you know, follow that through with how we raise our kids or how we manage things or deal with things. It's just in us because it's been modeled to us or that's how we were raised or you know, it's because everybody else is doing it that way. But let me encourage you today. Be intentional and make a choice to parent according to God's word. Doing life according to his word and make it a priority to infuse that into every choice you make. And this beautiful little pink Bible was one of my grandma's Bibles that uh, my mum gave her a few years ago. And a couple of months ago, my mum came up on a trip and she gave it to Ella and said, I want to give you this Bible. This is one of my grandma's Bibles. And last night, I was putting Ella to bed and I pulled it out. And I opened the page and mum says, mum, look at this. This is what grandma wrote. Bible. Basic instructions before leaving earth. Come on. Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. That's what she wrote. Be intentional, parents. Be intentional. Raise your kids 
exactly how the Word of God says to raise your kids. There's scripture after scripture. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. Let me read you this. We love our kids. That's why you are involved in their schools. Take them to sports practices, attend decades of games and rituals, enroll them in dance and gymnastic classes. Ah, hello. Arrange them to, to be in music lessons and shop at healthy food stores even when your kids seem as if they don't care, uh, they don't care about the nutrition and how healthy those shops are. Hello, my kids would put their hand up about that one. Clearly, you love them. In fact, there isn't anything you wouldn't do for them. What would happen if you applied the same commitment, preparation and discipline to your children's spiritual growth as you do to their education and their athletic development? If parents took developing spiritual legacies in their kids' lives as seriously as they do school, sports and other activities, we believe the trajectory of families would change for generations to come. Oh, that's a good word. Praise the Lord. Bless is the man who fears him, who greatly delights in his commands. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generations of the up upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in the house, and his righteousness endures forever. A life lived for God leaves the best legacy ever. Why don't you stand to your feet? You know what, church, and every single one of you here today, you are faithful. You turn up week in and week out. Don't take it like it's a religious duty or you're ticking a box. You are sowing seeds not only into your lives, but into your children's lives and their children's lives, generation to generation to come. The transformation that happens in the house of God. And that is why my heart is to see so many more people coming into the house of God because they need to experience a legacy that they can leave on, not, as I said before, just a list of accomplishments and things that they've done, but a legacy of faith, hope, and love. And that is why you and I were put on this planet for. Amen. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.